welcome back to the Bring It Back podcast. My name is Nathan. And I'm Micah. And we want to just have really authentic, unique conversations and try to tackle different topics that maybe you don't hear kind of navigated through the lens that we'll look at things through. We're going to use the Bible as the lens and the foundation that builds our worldview and gives us kind of the answers to some of these questions that we're talking about. So thanks for joining and let's get into it. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Amen, Amen brother. <laughs> At some point during this podcast, I'm going to play a Brother Terry sound clip. That, that dude I sent you on. And I, I followed him immediately. He's so funny. If you don't follow Brother, his, his name on Instagram is Bro Terry website. Nice. And his whole character that he plays is like an ultra charismatic guy. It's, it's Terry and his wife, Jerry. Oh, he's like, I, I haven't gotten that deep in the poor. He's been doing it for like six years. Nice. Um, he's just always talking about his prayer closet and, and Trump and stuff like that. And, and, and yeah, you just like follow Brother Terry if you don't. Brother Terry, shout out. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. We should hop right back in. Yeah. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, we had someone tell us that they listened to our podcast this week. Uh, that feels nice. And I kind of forget that people can do that. Yeah. Because sometimes when we're sitting here talking, I just, just hanging out with Nate. Well, yeah, we were talking a little bit before about it and I do really enjoy that. I, and, and it is kind of a challenge thinking about, is this something I want to devote more of my time and attention to and really care about it and improve quality or, or something like that? Or do I really just enjoy not even like a habitual, but a cyclical like, hey, let's meet up. Let's talk about something that we want to talk about that we think would add value to others' lives. And honestly, even if it doesn't, I think it adds value to our lives. We're talking about God. This is being native ever been. (laughs) We're having good conversations. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that being said, it does mean a lot whenever somebody says, hey, I was listening and there was something thought provoking or I just enjoyed being there with you guys. Like that's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Like genuinely, I mean that. And I think also if you disagree with us, that's okay too. I think not enough people <laughs> listen to things that they disagree with. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a tendency. True challenge. You have to try to yeah. do that and, and, and to not respond like hatefully or whatever. It's like, I disagree, but that's a good thought. Like, yeah. I've never thought about that perspective before. I think you need to listen to things that you disagree with. Yeah. I, I think it's essential to listen to people that you don't agree with. A couple of my of your own echo best friends in high school, yeah. uh, one of them was agnostic uh, and the other just a non-believer. Uh-huh. And those friendships, um, I think, were really valuable in me defending my faith, like trying to figure out what do I actually believe? Because if I, yeah, if I was just stuck in that echo chamber, it's really easy to just kind of be like, yep, that's what we think. And it, it, you know, it's kind of like your yeah. parents' faith or something at that point in time. But having other people that are like, why? Yeah, it's awesome. I like to have that pushback. It always like, I guess, bugs me when people disagree with someone and then their tendency is just to cut off the relationship entirely. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, how are you going to ever think about something outside of your own little bubble that you live in? Like, you, you need people that you're close with that you disagree with and you need to, like, listen to pastors that you disagree with because I think that helps you understand like what you believe and why you believe it, which is essential. Yeah. So if you disagree with us, it's great. Yeah. And even, yeah, I was trying to think of like your your best friends will, will see things that you don't see, yeah. maybe because you're believing a lie about yourself or believing uh, or, or just ha- not having all the 
information, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it is, if you can't, if there's people that love you and they disagree with you and are providing sound reason for you to maybe change your perspective on something and your default response is just cut them out, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to really have that same depth of friendship that you, you might be looking for, so. Yeah. Cool. That's, That's fine. Good. Well, speaking of people we disagree with, Cessation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dang. So what happened was me and they didn't have a topic to talk about. And I love the gifts of the spirit. And I think it's crazy that we've, that have never been talked about on this podcast before. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I told Nate, I'll tell a little bit of, of why I care about the gifts of the spirit. And then I'd love to hear a little bit about your kind of experience as well. So, um, I, I grew up in a really healthy church. Um, and I don't think I realized how healthy it was until like last year. So, nice. uh, our Lord's community church in Oklahoma city and then Bridgeway were kind of the two that I grew up at and both would fall under like, uh, like you, you could call them charismatic, whatever it is. Um, like word as in like scripture and spirit. So like spirit and truth, like they worship well, like they prophesy, they, they speak in tongues, they pray for healing, they do all that, but they also, um, like exegete the Bible really, really well, which not a lot of charismatics do. Can you define that fancy word for me? Exegete? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the two kind of words when you come to reading the Bible would be like exegete and eisegete. So to eisegete is to read your own meaning into the scripture. So like Philippians 4.13, when I read, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, to eisegete would be like, God wants me uh, to win this football game because he said I can do all things through Christ. Max. So that's me eisegeting, reading yeah. my own meaning. So to exegete is to read uh, the scripture or the text for it's a rigi- like a, the original intended message that's being sent. So to exegete faithfully would be to look at Philippians 4.13 and look at it in the context of like Paul sitting in a prison cell, not saying I can do all things through Christ to do whatever I want, but I, ca- I can share the gospel. I can make it through this persecution and this suffering through Christ who strengthens me. Nice. So that, that would kind of be my short. Yeah, that's great. Different. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, Went to ORU, ultra charismatic. We'll talk about all this, but uh, the more specific story is when on a a blind date, me and my old roommates Jonah. If you guys remember Jonah, the my uh, roommate Nathan, we did a triple blind date too. night. A triple blind date where we all went on blind dates, set up by each other on the same night, and then we came back together and talked about them. Sidebar: so, so much fun. <laughs> Definitely do it. Uh, but I went on a date with this girl, and she was raised more cessationist. And she had a ton of questions about, uh, like, like the gift of prophecy and about like the gifts of the spirit and like the involvement of the Holy Spirit and hearing the voice of the Lord. And I found that what I could answer really well was uh, based on my experiences, but I couldn't point scripturally um, and back these things up and talk about them theologically. And it sent me down this like rabbit hole for the next month that we dated of trying to like understand so that I could. I become an apologist for the gifts of the Spirit to her to help her understand. And then we didn't end up like, giving nothing but great things to say about her. Uh, she was great, asked me a lot of great questions, and I credit her in asking those questions with a lot of uh, the passion that I feel now. Uh, but after we broke up, started to become more and more aware of, one, like the abuse of the gifts of the Spirit on one side of it, and then also like the quenching of the Spirit. So like talking about the gifts, but not um, functionally pursuing them at all and have become just the biggest proponent of wanting to see us operate in the gifts of the Spirit as the Lord calls us to. Uh, So not quenching the Spirit, as in avoiding the gifts or ignoring them, um, but like faithfully pursuing them while not abusing them and doing them scripturally. So that is my short spiel on why I care about the gifts of the Spirit. 
what is your experience yeah with all of this yeah the gifts of the spirit um i my my dad grew up pentecostal united pentecostal so that's the that's the flavor of christianity that basically says you know don't adorn yourself with jewelry women don't wear makeup uh don't even wear women don't wear pants yeah, they do um and uh, so that's that's my dad and i think it's yeah, good to talk about where we come from, where yep. our, our stances are. And then I grew up going to, yeah, very charismatic. Um, I, I say that there was one guy who, there was a church I went to in Glenpool called Triumph Worship Center, mm-hmm. where he would take laps around. And so, like, having having one of those yeah. is kind of, I think, fun, um, like, in, in a very lighthearted sense to just say, like, hey, there's someone who's doing something that's a little bit different. Uh, of an expression of worship to God that I don't feel, you know, like I don't, I don't know if there's like an Im- Im- impartation in me to express myself in that way. And yet, you know, I, I, the, the way to worship God. So when I think about how people um, interface with the spirit and what their reactions are, um, I, I know that I come from a, a very maybe heightened experiential yeah. Christian base, um, and and I, I yeah want to start out just defining or listing out what the the gifts of the Spirit are, so that way we're we're starting from like common ground. Um, and there were actually a couple of different ones, you know the the seven gifts um, of the Spirit, um, talking about wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like those are. I found like you, you just like a quick Google search typing up, you know, what are the gifts of uh, the spirit? Yeah. And there's a few different places where you can grab, you know, gifts of the spirit. Yeah. And there will be different, you know, like seven, nine, 12 listings of what so, those gifts are. Yeah, there's right? different like terminology that people would use. Um, so kind of the three different passages that you'll find them in is, is in First Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4, and then in Romans 12. And from like what I've read, because I've done a lot of reading on the gifts of the Spirit, a yeah. lot of Sam Storms, who's a great resource. Who? Sam Storms is his name. So he's actually my parents' old pastor down at Bridgeway Church. Oh, very cool. So that's what I've alluded to. It makes of, sense that I wouldn't. That makes me feel yeah. a bit better. Uh, he, he he's got a big is, reach. He is, he does have a big yeah. reach um, in that in kind of realm specifically. But uh, like of those passages, which are the big ones where you would find uh, there's like 21 gifts that you would see in there that like I would classify like as the gifts of the spirit. That okay. You see. And some people would like classify them differently. So yeah. Um, like in first Corinthians, a lot of people would categorize those as like the manifestation gifts. So like right. tongues, prophecy, all that stuff. Uh, ministry. Do you want to go ahead and list them all? all you have? I mean, yeah, I'm I just, got them. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like in Ephesians four would call those ministry gifts. So it's like helping apostleship ministering, things like that. And then motivational gifts in Romans 12. But uh, the list of 21 gifts that I'm ready. I'll, that'll rattle. I'm excited. Yeah. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, contributing or giving. Use your semantics. Uh, leadership, mercy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, gifts of healing, miracles, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostles, apostleship, uh, helping, administering, evangelism, pastoring or shepherding. And then uh, pastoring, which would be teaching. So kind of those two separate ones at the end. And there's so much there. So we'll probably have to do more podcasts to get into like the weeds yeah. of all of these. But um, I think kind of the the biggest thing that I'd like to talk about today is like address some of like the cessationist arguments and then hopefully vision cast like why I think the gifts are super important. Yeah. 
Um, so are you familiar? Like, have you heard any of the cessationist arguments? I don't know if this is something. That you... Yeah, I've got to take back. And I, I actually think we talked about this probably like six months ago. Um, oh, when we went to. Yeah. And, and one of my, um, first, actually probably my only, if I, if I count on my hand, I've only had like one direct encounter or experience or relationship in proximity with a person who claimed, was, is a cessationist. Um, and it was actually while I was working at a private Christian school here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, can we, we can say that metro. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, but for someone who doesn't know Metro is just want to set that, um, cause we have listeners all over the world. Mumbai. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what the downloads are at on Podbean, but, um, yeah, it was my first interaction cause it, I was working at a school and there's just challenges at working at a Christian school because there are so many different denominations represented. And a lot of times we kind of get lost in the weeds of what makes us different rather than what we all do believe together. But the, the, the belief that you know the the Holy Spirit stopped moving uh, and and was actively a participant on Earth after Jesus left uh, and after the yeah after the apostles yeah. so that's actually we probably say with like where that terminology cessation is sure. comes from and what it even means so they would hold to the belief system that like the gifts of the Spirit and the involvement of the Holy Spirit ceased after the apostles that we see in the New Testament wrapped up so after the closing of the canon and that. Um, there's no need for any kind of like external communication because we have the sufficiency of the word of God. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Now that we have that direct um, life and breath of God represented his, Jesus's experience here on earth and mm-hmm. what happened afterwards. Um, yeah. That, that is a pretty crucial difference between, yeah. you know, cr- the label of Christianity uh, and, 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 believing in the power of the Holy Spirit being active today and no longer participating. It really, it's pivotal in defining the Trinity and, and how it interfaces and what the responsibilities are. So even though there are sometimes small-ish, I would say, differences between different denominations, whether it be instrumentation or uh, I know that there's even a, a split in the church that happened as a result of stained glass windows being present in the church, you know, very minimal yeah. things. I think this is a really big one. Yeah. I, I think this is big. And I'll also have a caveat and say that I would still like classify cessationist as like uh, believers, like as the body of Christ. And like, I don't think this is a gospel issue, but I will say, I think it's one of the more important non gospel issues that we'll talk about. Um, Cause I think if we're going to live our lives as we see that we're called to in scripture, I don't know how we're going to reach our full potential as evangelists and as the body of Christ, if we don't pursue and act as the body of Christ is called to within the scriptures. Um, so just to like address the first argument that you would probably see is, is that that one that like, um, you know, the gifts of the spirit ceased once the apostles left. And now that we have the Bible, we don't have any need for any kind of external communication. Uh, so I think that in itself is such a bad argument because I'll, I'll make the statement, I believe that Scripture is sufficient 100%. And I think if you believe that Scripture is sufficient, you have to believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. Because nowhere in Scripture at all is there any kind of reference to the gifts of the Spirit. In the gift, yeah. And really the only word, the only place that it would be is in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, and I'll read that. And no no cessationist who uh, is, is really well-read would even use this. So... In 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it says, Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. 
and where there is knowledge it will pass for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when the completeness comes which is in part uh, what is in part disappears when i was a child i talked like a child i thought like a child and i reasoned like a child um, but really what we can get after there is like when the perfect comes the partial will pass is what it says sure uh, so and if you think in any way that like the the perfect that comes is the scriptures i think that's such a bad yeah um reading of the text because the perfect that comes is quite obviously Jesus. The second and, coming of Christ. Yeah. yeah. And even like later on in that passage, it says like, I see now in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Right. Again, alluding to the coming of Jesus. Um, so to read into the scripture and say that like, oh, the gifts of the spirit ceased after the closing of the canon is such a bad argument because you're saying you know better than the apostle Paul who wrote all of this to the believers of the New Testament. So you are reading out of fear or whatever it is a meaning into scripture that's not there at all. So the only place where it says that like all these gifts will cease is when Jesus comes back. Yeah. Um, so there's just like no scriptural argument for the ceasing of the gifts. Do you, it, have you heard any attempt at using scripture uh, to no, clearly not find? Any. I I haven't either. No, so I there is like there isn't one. Yeah. And you can and like John MacArthur will try to get you around it. Uh, I like. I read Strange Fire. I read his book. It's he brings up a lot of good things about the gifts that are bad, and the way things that in the way that people use them. Not the like use of power. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Okay, but that doesn't mean that you just don't do it. Sure. Like yeah. look at First Corinthians. Like the the church in Corinth is is messed up. Yep. Like you got a son sleeping with his his stepmother. Uh, you've got people who are like able to prophesy, but they lack love. And in that, like what Paul does is gives them a uh, a guideline. He doesn't say, hey, stop pursuing these gifts. He gives them like a guideline and how to operate in their gifts while giving them like 1 Corinthians 13, which is love in the middle. So like without all these gifts, or like, if you if you operate in these gifts, but you lack love, you're missing the point. But nowhere does he say to this broken church who is abusing the gift, yeah. stop abusing. Stop, yeah. So that, yeah, I guess there would be some sort of invitation there to s- still pursue like those those giftings and that um you know this may be a a subtle or small transition but you you listed off 21 different gifts yeah and um i don't whenever you listed those off there were some for me that were highlighted that i'm like ooh, Mm -hmm. me you know like i i have that one i feel like that one is is me or there's something in there for me which i think is cool like good i like being able to identify that um if I want to be a, a 10 star Christian, mm-hmm. do I need all 21 gifts? And how do I acquire all of these rings of power? <laughs> it's like your infinity stones. Yeah. Oh, um, so I'll say, I, I think my, my viewpoint that I would hold is that all of the gifts are available to Christians to a certain extent and that we are to pursue all of them. But within that, that the Lord has gifted certain individuals with gifts more than others. So, like, take the gift of evangelism for for reference. You probably know someone who is just like an evangelist. Like, if they see someone in public, a stranger, they're going to strike up a conversation and they're going to end up sharing the gospel. And they live for it, right? And they're all about it. I'm not that way. I like to say that I'm like all the other believers. I'm just discipleship oriented <laughs> just because I don't like that. But that does that disqualify me from sharing my faith? No. Like, no. Yeah. Not at all. Right. So that doesn't mean that I don't pursue the gift of evangelism. Sure. And in the same way, like someone may have the gift of prophecy, but like we're all 
like called to pursue prophecy. Like it says that in First Corinthians 14, like I earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Yeah. So like we are to pursue all of them. So yeah. I think to answer your question, there is no like certain gift that makes you a, a five-star Christian or whatever you said. I said 10. 10, 10 star. Wow. I, I won't make it a new category. Is yeah. Yeah. Like there's no specific gifts that elevate you. Like that's the whole point of force. I think, yeah, even the second one that you mentioned was just service, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I'll brag on him to see if he actually listens, but at my roommate, Wyatt, definitely has a gift of service. He is the most servant-hearted guy I know. And I really value that about him. Yeah. Um, and that's one that goes overlooked because yeah. it's not one of the weird ones. Yeah. I Yeah. One of the weird ones that, that maybe feel like a, a superpower or something like that. Like words of knowledge, knowing something about someone that you shouldn't know or whatever, you know, like, oh, that's, that's amazing. What a, what a gift from God mm-hmm. uh, to be able to, to read into. And I think Sean Bowles, uh, he's a guy at Bethel, you know, associated with uh, church uh, and school in Reading, talked about like prophecy specifically. Yeah. Um, there, was a, there was a period of my life where I was really digging in deep, trying to figure out like, yeah, how do I, I really want to do this? Stuff. Like, it's really cool. Like, yeah. if God speaking directly and, and for the the benefit of drawing closer to him, mm-hmm. I, I want more of that. Um, and so, you know, one of the things he described uh, or de- defined prophecy as like in the old testament there were um you know like calls to the group uh and like really challenging and 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 motivating people or letting them know what was to come and in so they could be prepared right and then um now and and maybe his position has changed and maybe i'm doing a poor job of uh redefining what he described prophecy as but it's more of an individual uh Inter- interface with God mm-hmm. so that, you know, if, if there's something that is spoken to you, you feel encouraged, like you feel yeah. the spirit of God as a result of, I don't know how you know that it could, it could be no other reason than God mm-hmm. wanting to talk to yeah. me, to, to communicate yeah. with me. Right. And that's like what happens with the woman at the well, right? Yeah. Like Jesus interacts with her and then, you know, he talks to her about her husbands and all the ones that she has. And she says, like, hey, I perceive you're a prophet. So, like, there's something about, like, God getting to the hearts of people that's so unique. We should do a whole pot about prophecy. Sure. Let's do that next. That's so good. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just, like, these gifts are important. And, like, you're talking about, like, they, they encourage us. They yeah. edify us. Um, I don't even know if I finished my point. But, like, if you're going to say that, this, like, the gifts are the problem, there's no one to blame but God. Because nowhere in Scripture does it say anything negative about the gifts. It's yeah. only positive things. So if you're going to look at the Scriptures and say that these things are dangerous, you're saying you know better than Paul. You're reading a different hermeneutic than like the people who are receiving these letters do. And you're saying, uh, I know better than God. Because God clearly in the Scripture says that these are good things that we're supposed to pursue. Mm. But I think, what do you think are the reasons that people would practice a cessationist standpoint what do you think are the biggest reasons yeah uh let me think about it for a second because i don't think there's any scriptural evidence for it at all i mean my my first thought is is that people want to be protected like potentially they experience some kind of hurt where there was a person that was in a position of power maybe they said something you know maybe even out of pocket like you're supposed to marry this person or you know babies or, or just things of significant weight 
where that other person, even, you know, the person in position of power could even be thinking that they're doing something really helpful and really, really good, but are inflating their egos. Uh, and somebody yeah. on the other side has, has received uh, kind of the backhand. And so this person isn't going to go out and say like, well, I reject the faith entirely, but this component where I've experienced some pain, um, yeah, that, that didn't feel like God. I don't, I don't think that that's the nature of God would be to take this giant expectation that someone who is supposed to be a representative of yeah. his his love and would just being bring destruction pain. Yeah. So that would be my first thought of, of a of a person where yeah. I could see it fear and hurt. Yeah, for yep. sure. Uh, and let me say, I think that's real. Yeah, and I think those are problems, which is why I think it's so important to talk about it. Yeah, because like hurt does happen a hundred percent. And I think really what people are. The, the gifts that people don't like, if we're being honest, they don't like gifts of healing. They don't like tongues. They don't like prophecy. Okay. Right? Yeah. They're okay with all the other ones. They're sure, okay yeah. The gift Service of teaching. Nice. Yeah, teaching, we we were like, no one's going to argue that the <laughs> gift of teaching is ceased. Yeah. Like, those are the ones that, like, the cessationists, they're the ones that have the gift of teaching. Yeah. So they would separate those different passages that we listed into, like, the ones that have ceased and the ones that are still there. Mm. So that's why they give them the labels of like the manifestation gifts. And they would argue that the manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians are ceased. But like just like the the administration gifts that we see in like Romans and Ephesians, like, oh, those are still good. Yeah. Because those aren't weird. And well, people don't really get hurt from a gift of service. Yeah, man. You want to come on my lawn? More than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what what do you think? What else? Uh, what other justifications yeah, I think, you know of? I think what you talked about is probably the biggest one is like the fear i also think there's um i think there's a fear of of losing control of what might happen because we sure. see uh like you lose your agenda when you open yourself up to the movement of the holy spirit and i think pastorally that's why it's really hard for people here in america is because we have like consumer churches where people come in and they leave and we got to get them in and out for the second service uh, so if you open yourself up to the involvement of the Holy Spirit and of the gifts of the Spirit, you're opening you're opening up like your Sunday morning to be thrown off, and you th- therein like lose control of what might happen. And I think because we only see the bad stuff, right? Like people only see the gift of prophecy being abused. They only see the weird videos on Instagram of like the deliverance the deliverance ministry that's yeah. not actually deliverance. Uh, pastors see that and they're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Sure. And if you don't open yourself up to it. It can't happen. Yeah. So I think really what people see is the weird. And I think from a leadership standpoint, the reason that a lot of people don't pursue the gifts is is for fear of what might happen. Like, what is this going to do to my church? Are people going to be upset? Are people going to leave? Is this going to be more than I can control? Yeah. Um, So I think like that, along with the hurt and the fear, are the biggest things that I think would be there. Um, And man, dare I say like maybe just pride a little bit? Because when the Holy Spirit ministers... You're not as important. Yeah. And I think there's certain uh, pastors that would probably not say that, but I think that's where they would probably come from is because your spotlight um, becomes less and less when the Holy Spirit starts doing more because it's less about you and more than about him. Yeah, that's a good one. I had never thought about that with cessationists uh, in particular, but yeah, that makes sense. Um, Did you ever watch, man, what was that movie that just came out, the Christian uh, this is revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I did. I didn't watch didn't, it. You said you're gonna watch it. I I said I would at some point. I didn't say, but I I thought it was like you're gonna go watch it that weekend or something. I um, have not watched it yet. No. 
No, I, I'm still, it still pops in my head every now and then. It That was such a, a big cultural movement. And I've heard more from like my parents' generation and their my, friends. And, and my boss loves it. Yeah. He talks about it every time I see him. Because he that's like the thing that he grew up in. Right. Which is really cool. And and I know that that, that fear of like, yeah, lack of control and then maybe pride. Mm-hmm. Um, this movement, which... There were a lot of, you know, amazing healings and mm-hmm. um, deliverance and a lot of baptisms that came as a result. Yeah. Um, and, the you know, the, the, the main pastor and then uh, Frisbee. Lonnie. Both of them are, are and I've talked with my dad about this, are, are kind of this, this struggle between, you know, fully experiential mm-hmm. Christianity with Lonnie of just like, man, these kids are seeking to the truth. God just doing stuff and it's amazing. We're going to keep asking him to do things. And then uh, Pastor Chuck over on the other side, he's more of that, like, you know, tie, tie your laces up tight and we're going to read the Bible. Um, and, and there is this kind of a little bit of struggle between them, which I think is really healthy or, or could be really healthy mm-hmm. of having that balance of somebody recognizing like, hey, it's not fully experiential like there is this edification from the word that is required we talked about this we did the pot on yeah spiritual experience yeah and and um yeah i think that that would be in part pastor chuck's fear but i don't think his his uh response was full tilt to say dismiss all of that Mm -hmm. but more so there's there's a scene in the movie where he basically tells lonnie like hey can we kind of tone it down that stuff and lonnie's like tone it down i'm i'm yeah. doing the act of god you know like i'm i'm we're not going to get in the way of what god is doing and chuck is saying well we, we need to check our our pride or are you yeah. is it us like are we forcing these th- you know attempting to force these things all that being said um yeah these these giftings uh these gifts are really valuable mm-hmm. uh and have been in in my own walk with the lord yeah. and uh, I like the idea of kind of chasing down ones that you're interested in. You know, if there's something that um, whenever, you know, Mike, Micah read these, that you're like, oh, that's cool. That's something I don't really know what that is. Or that's something that I feel like I have been gifted with. Like, I think I do love to teach. And uh, whether it's my occupation or whether I volunteer or whether I just look for any opportunity to yeah. teach people about Christ. <laughs> um I want I want to practice that. I want to do more of it. Yeah, and I think like that's that's, that's obedient. Like when we see in First Corinthians fourteen again, I'll read these first few these first few verses. Yeah, pursue love, right there off the bat. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Yeah, especially that you may prophesy. So I think if like if you're a believer and you believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, you see that you are called to earnestly pursue the gifts. And I threw out terminology, and I'll start to wrap up because like this one we can talk forever we can about. Forever. So we'll we'll go we'll do more pots on this. I like I it. It's yeah. Fun. Um, but I threw out the terminology of like a functional cessationist. So I think there's a lot of people out there that would say like, yeah, I believe in the gifts, but there's no heart to pursue them. So with their mouth, they would express that they're like a continuous or that they believe in the gifts, but functionally there's no pursuit of the gifts. Gotcha. So I think when we read the scripture, that's a command to us is to earnestly desire the gifts. So don't be a functional cessationist. Like I wish people cared half as much about identifying their spiritual gifts as they did their Enneagram number. Like, I think about that nice. all the time of what would happen if we put as much priority into identifying these gifts to operate as the body of Christ as we did to find our number. And, and it's my big pushback at work always. And that's a little bit of what I get to do at my job is is working on some of our 
uh, content about the gifts of the Spirit and what it looks like for our managers to operate in them within the context of like a for-profit place. Um, so like, op- I, th- I think what we have to leave with is like open your heart to the idea of the gifts and ask that we'll see them. Like yeah. pray that these gifts will be uh, manifested in your life like through the working of the Holy Spirit. Like say like, God, show me what my gifts are. Help me identify what these are. Um, yeah. There's so much to talk about. I feel like that's probably where I'd land. Nah, man, for today. That, that is really good. And I, honestly, I'm just going to pray for just a second over yeah. that for us and for anybody listening, because I think it's, it's really good. Uh, God, thank you uh, for these gifts. Thank you that we have your word. We can access and learn more about you um, and that we can interface with you. Um that's that is just a, a gift in itself. I think the encouragement that's provided through these gifts uh, is welcome. So, God, would you continue to reveal to us these gifts in our own lives, and and would you uh, increase our wanter um, that we would we would pursue learning more uh, about these gifts in our own lives? So, um, yeah, this week, uh, reveal, show, um, teach. Help us out. We love you. We love you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to play a Bro Terry website video. And I'll also say there's so much more to talk about the gifts. And this is so much more of a nuanced subject that we can't even begin to crack open in one podcast. So we will circle back around. We'll talk about a lot of the problems that we see with these specific gifts and give more clarity. So hopefully at least you believe that they're still active. Uh, <laughs> Brother Terry. Every mid-November, I come out to the country, and it's just being a football. I just stand in the middle of the field, and I say, God, how far are we going to throw it this year? (laughs) He whispers a a number in my ear, and always stretches my faith. And I wait for the anointing to come on me, and then I close my eyes and throw it. This year was 87 yards. <laughs> God's so faithful. Oh my. Uh, that guy's a pastor. Yeah, I love him. He's a lead pastor at a church, and he has Bro Terry website as his alter ego. It, like, there's a couple of thoughts that flash from my mind. Uh, you know, the first one is, why is this so funny? And I think it's just because you know someone who's like Exactly. That. It's like a deep appreciation of recognizing, man, yeah, some some people get kind of goofy with their Christianese and and that stuff. But I think humor is so But it's, okay. it's uh, yeah, I don't think it's evil or it's destructive to the faith. I think if, um, yeah. And the other thing it reminds me of is those Jesus videos from <laughs> like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. It was a youth group that made those. I don't know if you knew that. But the goal of those videos was to, point out this is the way people kind of perceive Jesus when they read the Bible, like just kind of a soft, like, I'll use sinners. <laughs> Look at me, you know. Um, I love them. Yeah, I love that. So thanks for sharing. That's good. All right. Love you guys. Ask God how far you're going to throw that football this year. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.